started without a clear uh, exit strategy or a, or a timeline of those things. And of course, it's very difficult to put something like that on it. What I'd love to do is just share a bit of scripture. Um, just going to put you guys back on. Sorry, my uh, view just changed. Um, if you've got a Bible or you want to open it on your phone or something, I'm going to read from uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, verse 17 onwards uh, to verse 21, okay? So John 5, 17. But Jesus answered them, My father is working until now, and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God so Jesus said to them truly truly I say to you the son can do nothing of his own accord but only what he sees the father doing for whatever the father does the son does likewise for the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing and greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel I'm going to leave it there just going to pray father thank you for this evening thank you for this opportunity to be together to share together and i just pray that by your spirit that you would be with us all powerfully tonight that you would speak to us that you would encourage us i thank you that you are a god who is always at work even when it's unseen and that your purposes are always good thank you that we can trust in you at all times amen amen so reading from that, Jesus states clearly, doesn't he, that uh, my father is working until now and therefore he is working. And, and, and in this context as well, it was the Sabbath. Jesus had just healed someone. Uh, the Pharisees took offense. But Jesus states, my father is always at work. Um, and that's the great thing about our God. He is constantly at work even in the midst of the pandemic that this world has been going through you know god is at work he is at work in people's lives he is at work in the world and he's even at work when that doesn't seem to be the case as well you know i believe as christians we should be we should be confident we should it actually should be inconceivable to us that god isn't at work in a given situation even if we don't perceive what God is doing in the moment even if we're in the dark about it we should trust that God is at work in our lives in, in any given meeting um, we should trust even tonight over zoom that God is at work out in the world that God is at work that he is doing something and uh, we see the model of ministry of Jesus, don't we, here? We get a kind of glimpse into the working of, of his ministry. Uh, he states that his father is at work, and therefore he is at work. Jesus would always look for what the father is doing, and he would look to join into that. Um, as you yourselves, as a charismatic church, that's really what we model prayer ministry on. Uh, following a, a a talk on Sunday, we give the Holy Spirit the invite, come Holy Spirit, we, we pray that ancient prayer 
with an expectancy that he will come, that he has an agenda, that there are things he wants to do in our lives. And we don't presume to know that what he wants to do, but we ask the question, Father, what are you doing? Lord, what are you doing in this place? What's your lead? What's your direction? Believing actually that fruitful ministry comes out when we follow God's lead. Um, as we kind of get a sense or a direction of where God is at work and we follow that, often we'll see, uh, we'll see fruit in those areas. And I, I believe that principle of looking for what God is doing um, and joining in applies to all areas of, of ministry, really. Uh, for example, recently here in the midst of the, uh, the pandemic, our situation in Brazil is that there's a lot of what they call here autonomous workers, people who do cash in the hand type work. They rely on their day to day income. So when we went into lockdown in mid-March, within days, there were people who couldn't put food on their family's table. And, you know, my concern as a pastor is, man, there's going to be people in our church who we're going to need to help. How are we going to do this? You know, and uh, so we mobilized our church, uh, those who could donate non-perishable foods and things to distribute to those who are going through a hard time. And we became aware of more and more people in our community uh, for, for our different networks who, who are in similar situations. Cash had just dried up. There was no food. Even, even people with a, uh, you know, a, a good kind of middle-class existence all of a sudden without food. Um, and really, we were blown away, not only from the generosity of people from within our church, giving well and above their means, but also food coming in and food parcels coming in from different places. And then people from the UK wanting to help. Um, and we kind of sensed that actually that was something that the Lord was doing. You know, the Lord was mobilizing us as a church at that moment to help those who needed it. And as a church, we probably helped around now, probably around 130 families with food parcels and many on, on various occasions, uh, on several, every couple of weeks or so. And it just kind of felt in one sense, the Lord led us in that way. That, no, that was what the Lord was doing. He was, you know, at, at that time, uh, for this season, that's what he wanted us to do. He wanted us to provide. And even as a church, we don't have masses of resources, but we saw as we stepped into that, these food parcels just seemed to multiply. I remember the first time we did a collection, there, there really wasn't a great deal there. There really wasn't a great deal of faith or expectancy. As, as people were saying, oh, I know so-and-so who needs help and some kind of thinking, where's it going to come from? But amazingly, many food parcels are coming in, donations have come in, and we've not had to turn anyone away. It just kind of felt like we stepped into what the Lord wants to do. Evangelism as well, um, passionate about, uh, seeing God work out and about in the streets. And uh, I, I think one of the questions we should ask when we're out and about, I, th I think as a people, we need to learn to slow ourselves down. I, I know for myself that I get very rushed out and about. Sometimes I can get very focused on tasks I need to do in the supermarket. I just want to get in and out. But at times we just need to learn to slow ourselves around and be attentive to the Holy Spirit and be attentive to, to those who are around us. And um, with that conviction that God is at work, that God is doing something. Uh, prior to, I was in England just prior to uh, the pandemic. Uh, uh, came back for uh, the new wine conference and got to see family during that time. And I remember um, 
at the new wine conference. I, I, I try to be good and I try to go to the gym when I'm back. And uh, I noticed that one of the lads on security, I'd seen him back around the gym. I just caught him a couple of times and said hi to him. And uh, on the last day, uh, as I was going out of one of the sessions to go to the gym, uh, just got chatting to him and mentioned that was in Brazil. And he's very interested. And he started to share a bit about his story as well of um, uh, uh, difficulty at school, his dyslexia, his struggles. Um, and I shared a bit about my own experience of being expelled from school as a, as a, as a child and, um, and, and whatnot. And uh, just in the, you know, it was a great conversation. He was very interested about what we're doing in Brazil. And I was just praying through that, God, is this what you want to do in his life? What are you doing? And the sense I got was he had a bad left shoulder related to working out. And I just asked him the question, have you, you know, during our conversation, just said, this might sound a bit weird, but have you got pain in your left shoulder? And he's like, yeah, no, I do. How do you know that? And I kind of explained, sometimes God gives me a sense uh, of stuff that people, what's going on in people's lives, pain they have, because he wants to heal you and he wants to make himself known to you. Can I pray for you to be healed? And he's like, yes, yeah, that's fine. So there on the entrance, he allowed me to pray for him. And he got healed. He was uh, pain-free after praying for him. And fortunately, he met someone who lived in Harrow as well, the city where the conference was, who was going to plug him into church and things. But it's just that thing of what's God doing? And I, as I say, I believe that applies to all areas of ministry. And, and as we slow ourselves down and we try to be uh, attentive to the Spirit's lead, often we see the Lord manifested in amazing ways it's like we just step in to something almost step into some many times step into something supernatural i think uh, more convicted than ever after um i guess almost 20 years of being in some sort of form of christian ministry or whether that be youth work or missionary curacy in the uk that in and of myself I'm very limited as to, as, as to what I can do in terms of things with lasting fruit. But as we seek God's lead and realize our dependency upon him and follow his lead, that's where we really start to see lives change. That's where we see spectacular things happen. Um, I believe that's the model for us. You know, as, as Christians, we need to be in sync with the spirit to kind of get a sense of, where is God leading? What's he doing at this time? What should I be doing? Because I think often we can kind of default to should do this, should do that. And we can enter into that kind of uh, hurriedness, that kind of hyper busyness. Uh, whereas really, I, I really think that fruit is, it, it's a consequence of, a, a, of being in a loving relationship with the Lord. And uh, fruit, as in the natural, uh, I, you know, I've never seen a tree that strained itself to produce street, uh, uh, to produce fruit. I've never walked past a, uh, a, a tree that is grunting, that is groaning. Just feels if a tree has the right conditions, um, it, it naturally produces fruit. And I, I just believe that as we are sensitive to the Lord, we're in sync with him, fruit is, is, is a consequence. You know, we become more fruitful. We become more effective in our areas of serving, whether that's discipling people, whether that's leading people to the Lord, uh, whether that's even in certain ventures, just uh, stumbling across God's leading and, and what he wants to do. I re really believe key, key in all of it is, is just that healthy relationship with the Lord and the fruit is the consequence. A bit like Psalm 1, you know, the man who uh, meditates on the word of the Lord. Well, he's like a tree. 
that's planted by a stream of water, which in its, you know, in a proper season, it will give fruit. It's just, an, it's just a consequence. It just happens. And I think there's a challenge for us as Christians in this day and age is not to be drawn into the busyness, but to sync ourselves with the Lord and to be looking for what he's doing. Also as well, going back to this theme of, you know, God is always at work and we should be confident about that. We should be looking for that. We should be proactive in that. There are also those times as well where it feels like we're asking the question, Lord, what are you doing? Where are you? What's happening? And I don't know uh, when, when the pandemic kind of first kicked off and, um, and, and lockdown was implemented. I don't know how you felt at that moment. I certainly know here there was a lot of fear, you know, even, even amongst Christians uh, about what was happening, uh, what was going to happen. You know, uh, people thinking, well, is this, is this the end? Is this, is this the, the great tribulation? Um, and uh, lots of fear and anxiety. And I think one of the things, one of the promises in Scripture that we can hold on to is, is Romans 28. For all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And Paul cites lots of things that could happen, that, you know, about things that could separate, things that cannot separate us from the love of God, whether it be our sins, whether it be trials, tribulations, uh, famine, you know, demons, angels, nothing in all of creation uh, can separate us from the love of God. So I want to encourage us tonight that um, I don't know what you're like at the moment, whether your, your hope is up. I imagine now you, you probably feel better than you did a few months ago in terms of stuff being eased and, you know, at least some kind of return to normality is in sight. But I want to encourage you, you know, if you've been questioning, God, what are you up to? What's been happening over this time? I want to encourage you that actually he is at work in your life and he, he is at work for your good. All things work to the good, for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. It's, I think one of the things that have encouraged me in this time here in Brazil with, with people from our own church um, is that during this lockdown season, some people have really learned to just throw themselves on the Lord, to, to depend on him more than ever before. I, I think of one young man who moved from the north of Brazil, about a year ago to where we are now, within the last six months or so, he started coming to our church. It was just kind of, it, it was kind of, um, he was quite active in a church where he was before and uh, in a big city, getting to know new people, probably doing stuff that he felt, didn't feel too good about, felt quite guilty about and kind of in and out with church. But during that lockdown, it was a real kind of personal crisis for him, anxiety, really feeling alone, but then really learning to, to find God in the midst of that and just sort of seeing how his faith has been a lot uh, come alive in that time um how he's started getting into the bible reading that daily uh even he's even started writing worship songs as well and god you know even the hard stuff and the nasty stuff we go through god uses he turns it into good and, and we don't always know what the end result of those those difficult times or that suffering is we don't know what that's going to produce in us, but I think we can always hold on to, to that truth of no matter what happens, no matter what we go through, God will use that 
for good. There's incredible examples of that in the Bible. I often reflect on the, the story of Joseph. You know, what was intended for evil, or he went for it at the hands of his brother as, as a slave, uh, falsely accused of trying to rape his mistress and imprisoned in Egypt. You know, God used for his good, but not just for his good. Actually, he used it for the salvation uh, of, of many in the world at that point in terms of, uh, you know, when God raised him up and influential figure um, and how he uh, implemented the, the God-given wisdom he had uh, to feed the world at that point. And, and we see God, you know, always uh, curveballs and the difficulties, the hard times that life throws at us. God has a way of just turning it around, using it for our own good, our own personal growth, but actually being able to help others and, and give hope to others through that as well. So I want to just pass that on to you, that God is always at work. Yeah, it should be inconceivable that he is not doing something in your life, in this church, even at this time, which I don't think any of us saw, you know, no one four months ago could have imagined that church would have taken this shape, that the world would have come to a complete and utter stop. But the Lord is doing something for it all, even if we don't know. And I want to encourage you coming out of lockdown and maybe uh, life, you know, finding whatever this that people talk about this new normal. I, I hope we get something similar to the, to the old normal in terms of the freedoms and, and lack of restrictions but in terms of going into this new season of, of, of life to also be asking that question as well lord what are you doing what are you doing uh in, in our church in our neighborhood in our workplace and how can i join in with that as well and i want to give us that challenge as well tonight as we think about as we think about re-emerging as well. I often wonder with this lockdown, what kind of church is emerging from this? I mean, I think one of the things I felt going into this whole time is I really kind of felt this has been a a refining time for the church in many ways. I really believe that the church is going to come out stronger through this and with a a greater sense of focus and priorities and things. But I I want to leave that with you. Uh, What is the Lord doing? And how are you going to join in with that? What's he calling you to do? Amen. 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 Anyone like to ask any questions either related to that or anything else to our work here in Brazil or situation at present here? If you've got a question, just... um, See, Wendy's hand is up. And then, yeah, go for it. Yeah, as Tim knows, I've been... I was ill before lockdown happened. I'm still in lockdown now myself, and all my church friends are allowed to go out. How long is it before all your vulnerables were allowed to go out? Yeah, um, in terms of church folk here and where we're at in terms of meetings, um, we were allowed to come to start meeting together as a church at the end of April. Uh, the pandemic hasn't been as severe here as it has been in other places in Brazil, Brazil being the size of a continent, really. Um, and so w- what what that looks like for us at the moment is we have uh, we have our Sunday meetings. Uh, we're only allowed to have a further the capacity of our meeting space, but we've got a good, you know, good sized space. Um, and we're saying to those who are at risk, 
stay at home. You know, we're, we're uh, streaming it live on YouTube and those who come, that there's, there has to be some social distancing, a meter and a half. Everybody's got to use a face mask, lots of um, hand sanitizer at different points. And uh, I, I think in one sense, we're really grateful to be able to, for those who are able to come and take part in that, we're really grateful that we can meet. We take that over, you know, being uh, confined to houses and doing church solely online. Uh, but I guess in that sense, we're, we're a bit ahead. Still not back to normal. You know, we, we couldn't really justify doing small groups, everybody in someone's home at this time, in that more intimate setting. And I think that's something that a lot of people miss as well, that kind of fellowship and stuff. And of course, you have to be, uh, you know, I found myself saying from the front of church at times as well, guys, you have to take the social distancing stuff seriously. You can't be <laughs> hugging each other. You know, you've got to uh, keep your distance, keep your mask on. But uh that's kind of where, where where we're at, and it, it it's an open book, I think, as to to when we get back to more of a sense of normality. Great, thank you, uh, thank you, Jimmy, for that. Um, other comments or questions for Jimmy? Uh, Jean, Jean, you muted. We can't hear you. You'll need to unmute yourself. That, is that? Yeah, that's it. It's all good. Um, no, it's just that here on the news, we hear that Brazil is the second most um, infected, uh, for want of a better word, country in the in the world. And, um, you know, it's, it's so big, of course. So if it's um, distributed, perhaps it's not as... But, you know, obviously, I think we're, I'm not the only one who's, you know, concerned about yourselves in Florianopolis and whether you're fairly... Um, sheltered in a sense being in that corner or you know how it is for you personally in your your church and your people being in Brazil in that you know situation that we hear about here yeah no certainly in some places such as Sao Paulo Rio places in the north have been really severely here even including uh, a vineyard pastor um, who had to go into intensive care in uh, Macapá which is in the north of Brazil in the Amazon region and there uh, the hospitals were at full capacity. So there was, uh, at one point, we were trying to raise some money for him to go private as well because the, the public um, COVID, designated COVID hospital uh, was at full capacity. So in some places, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's not in a great, a great way. Here in Florinopolis, um, we were the first city to go into lockdown, actually, in Brazil. So the, the mayor was... Um, I think quite good at responding to that early on. I think that initially that the, the population were quite compliant as well with those with those restrictions and things. Um, and we had a drop in cases. As stuff has come back online, just because where we're at today, as of today, public transport came back. Schools are not back yet. Uh, events, sports are not back. Uh, but shops are open and all, all with certain restrictions as you could you can imagine there has been since and it was expected since since uh kind of the the reopening of things which has been gradual here cases have gone up so where we are now in our neighborhood which is the biggest neighborhood in Florinopolis I believe where we've got 10 active cases of COVID at the moment we were down to just three going back a couple of weeks ago but it has gone up and it has gone up over the city 
Um, I, I think if it was to be kind of exponential growth in cases, then we, the, the mayor said we'll go back into lockdown. So we're praying that that's not the case. But even with reopening, there, there was a, they expected an increase in cases anyway. And uh, I think they, they'll, they'll just manage that against uh, intensive care beds and uh, availability. Uh, we've had, I think, in total, uh, I think 10 deaths now throughout the whole pandemic in our city. So it, it's, it, we, we feel quite sheltered. Uh, we're not out of the woods, but we feel quite sheltered compared to, to other places. And also as well, I think it's just a real complex situation here in Brazil as well, in terms of as soon as you shut everything down, um, that generates other problems as well in terms of um, uh, hunger, you know, uh, possible increase in crime apparently during, during the lockdown as well there are more uh robberies on shops and shops were ram raided and that kind of thing and uh it it it, it, it uh, i think you really need to pray for brazil and, and developing countries in the sense of actually that you try and balance public health with uh with, with, with other things that could generate health issues and hunger and and all those things so it's it's very complex i think holding those things in in tension really yeah thank yeah. you great thank you G. um daniel you had a question i think um first yeah jimmy so i mean you mentioned what's the longer term economic impact though because of course you mentioned people who are basically living from you know hand to mouth have, yeah. have, their, have their jobs come back are they are they getting back into the workplace or because i think Certainly in the UK, we're not going to feel the real economic impact probably much. Yeah, because yeah you know, I mean, I can... Essentially, props out. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly... Um, there's certainly been an immediate impact here. Um, and uh, I think what we've seen is since... The, things, the economy has been reopened here in Florinopolis and in the state is that uh, certainly with the food bank, there's, food bank, there's been a drop in demand for that. But yet again, I think people are still, still very much feeling the effects of it. Um, I'm, I'm not too sure what figures are in terms of long-term or, or what the perspective is in terms of long-term impact. Um, Brazil was already kind of coming out of recession so it, uh, the, the lockdown the pandemic hasn't hasn't really come at a a, a great time uh i i think where i've to people who've lost jobs even people from our church during this time and people who've had a significant drop in income um so that's been across across the board but of course then there are some people who've got more secure jobs as well who have who have yet to feel it but it, it's it's definitely evident in in certain classes here in brazil unfortunately okay great thank you uh, alistair yeah um jimmy do, do you is there a a new sense of openness uh, to to towards god amongst people outside of the church i mean did you sense that you talked about the fear and that certainly something that I think has been hugely evident in this country. Um, and I think certainly I've sensed with, with people I've known, some people I've known for a long time, that there is a new sense of openness. I mean, do, 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 you, 
do you see that at work? Um, do you sense that in Brazil or in your city? Yeah, I think certainly with, with conversations with some people, definitely. I mean, we did, we've, like, we've got a church plant because uh, we're on the island and then on the mainland, we've got a church plant, which we've started redoing those meetings there. And we actually did some fly drops as well, uh, using hand sanitizer before and after. But um, uh, what was interesting doing that? I mean, I was a bit kind of thinking, what's it going to be like cold contact with people? Um, at that time and uh, it just felt there was great openness in terms of like shops saying yeah please leave some here or the prayer uh you know uh or, or prayer is welcomed at this time and we've seen folk um lots of folks state things like um who, who perhaps watched our services online or have seen how the church has been active uh playing its role in helping to feed those who need it at this time. And I think that's kind of won a lot of moral credit with some people as well. So we've had lots of remarks like when this is over, you know, we'd love to come and get to know your church. We'd love to, uh, to find out more. And it have found people very open to, to prayer. We've, we've, I was chatting with Tim beforehand as well. We're just trying to figure out as a church, what does evangelism look like in the midst of all of this in terms, because as a church, we we're quite active before with i guess co-contact stuff where we would go up to people on the streets offer prayer chat to them uh, and that kind of thing and here it's generally very open and people are happy for you to do that and it would just be interesting to do figure out how we do that safely but just just gauge people's response to that but it's hard to get a, a proper feel compared to because because obviously I, I guess with interactions with people out and about uh, you are more cautious, you don't want to invade people's space, you know, you do want to observe social distancing. So it would be hard to get a, a proper feel of how that compared to before the pandemic, but based on conversations and maybe engagement we've had online, it, it would appear that there, there is a greater openness in people at this time. And I, I think that there is something about that in the Brazilian psyche as well. I think when stuff gets hard, people, people turn to prayer as well, people turn to God. Mm -hmm. It'll be Good interesting to know what that's been like in, in the UK, actually. Sorry, Alistair, did you want to add? Well, no, just, uh, I, I mean, I think globally, you know, prayer has been one of the, the most Googled words. Um, you know, HTB have started doing uh, Alpha Online uh, and, you know, have been pretty much oversubscribed, I think, but they're having to you know, look at doing courses you know, f further down the line, and I think other churches, a lot of churches are now looking at doing Alpha online. Um, we actually did one online as well, interestingly enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think that the, the opportunities, it's just, but the kind of face to face contact, doing a face to face evangelism is challenging, isn't it, in the kind of yeah. season we're in? Um, can maybe just one more question, then actually I've got something in my mind. I wonder whether we could do it. Anybody else got something they would like to? Uh, Amanda, I think your hand's up. Is that right? I can't quite see it. But is that you're actually muted, so I can't tell. Oh, okay. Your hand isn't up. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Sarah, do you want to unmute yourself? Um, I'd just like to ask you um, about your family and uh, your children and how they've coped with the um, the lockdown and the merging out. I'm not sure whether they're preschool or school age but you mentioned the schools aren't back <clears throat> so I just wondered about your family yeah 
all things considering that they're, they're doing well. So we've got Joanna, who's 10, and our son, Davi, who's six. They're currently having uh, their, their online lessons at the moment. Uh, I think they're using Google, Google Meets. Um, yeah, it, all in all, they, they've coped well with it, really. They haven't been out and about in terms of out of the compound we live in much. We've got a green area downstairs, so we're trying to get them out. Um, they seem positive. Um, I think they've, the, the kids are often quite adaptable, so I think they've been uh, probably handled it better than we have, maybe, um, <laughs> in, in many ways. I, I think we, as parents, we feel a bit guilty of giving them too much screen time during this time. I, I'm guessing that's kind of universally <laughs> true. And uh, for Katja, I mean, she's, she's done the bulk of the kind of homeschooling stuff as well. So I think that's been an added strain, really, on the family, as I think has been the case uh, in, in the UK as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, interesting enough, Katya probably a few months ago would have been like, um, really cautious about sending them back to school now. I think she's at the point where if school came back tomorrow, <laughs> she'd send them there. So, I think that's the honest answer. Go, go. go yeah. <laughs> Give us our afternoons back so we can be productive. <laughs> Um, actually, that's great. We'll maybe come to, uh, but before to, to opportunity to pray for you, Jimmy, as well in a second. But I think for me, um, if I'm allowed to just do this, but as you were speaking and sharing um, from John, I kind of um, just had a sense for us that we, in the struggle to hear God's voice and the hope struggle to hear what we think God might be doing, um, actually, it might be lovely if actually you just prayed for us. Uh, this evening, mm. I know we don't normally do kind of prayer ministry by Zoom, but um, I kind of just got a sense that that might be really good for us. And uh, if some of us, particularly when you're in, um, like being cocooned and locked down, you can kind of feel, well, where on earth is God in this? Mm. And all I've just got to do is what I've got to do. But actually, God is still at work. God is still speaking. Absolutely. Us. And, and even as we begin to take steps out, um, 